Amen, amen. Amen. Do we have any hungry people here today? Yeah? Well, there's two empty seats here for two hungry people. You may just be the hungriest person in the whole building. And the Bible says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst, because they will be filled. And there's no commodity in the kingdom like hunger. You know, God will bypass poor theology to find a hungry heart. He's more interested, and this is, this is not an invitation for bad theology, but he's more interested in the state of our heart than in the, the glory of our head, that he wants a hungry heart. Mary chose one thing that was needed. It was a hungry heart. So today I want to encourage you that God wants to speak to you today. But the, the thing that you're going to need today to go out transformed is a hungry heart. And that's why it always is astounding that one person can leave church and be bored out of their brains and think, when is this going to be over? And another person can be totally transformed. And it's all about the state of the heart. Simeon and Anna, was it, both recognized Jesus as a little baby. The scribes and the Pharisees couldn't recognize him as a fully grown man. Because it's all about the state of the heart. And God's here today. He wants to do something great in your life. I want to talk to you today, and we're just going to finish in one second, about this topic about being anointed to speak, that God wants your words to become so powerful, not just the words you speak over yourself, but the words that we deliver to our community, to our nation. Like the prophet Samuel, the Bible said that not one word of his mouth fell to the ground. And God's raising up in this hour men and women, young and old, they're going to place a word in their mouth for nations for cities, for suburbs, for workplaces that will shake to the core people around you. He's going to put a spiritual weight behind the words that you speak. You talk about how to evangelize a nation, a city, a suburb. The way to evangelize a nation, a city, a suburb is that when God begins to place weight behind the words that you speak. And so I'm going to hit this from an unusual angle today. But I believe at the end of our message that you're going to really know what it means to find power and weight to the words that you release from your mouth. So, Father, for every hungry heart, let there come mighty revelation. As I declare your word, as I speak your word, your words are spirit and they are life. So as I speak the word of the Lord, let life flow. Let people be encouraged. Let revelation flow. Let hearts be quickened. And those that are hungry today, Lord, I pray that you would fuel their hunger, that they would leave this place today with a passion, with a determination to make their life count. Lord, I, I know that 
you're reminding me that our lives are, it's like a fleeting vapor and then it's gone and that you've called us for such a time as this to leave a profound mark on those around us. And so we say, Lord, like the prophet, here I am, Lord, send me, use me, equip me, anoint me for the task ahead. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you, Joshua. Give Josh a great hand. What a mighty man of God he is. Thanks, Josh. And while he's leaving the stage, why don't you open your Bibles to Luke 4, verse 1. The book of Luke, chapter 4, and verse 1. You ready, Bobby? Sure. Hang on. Put your seatbelt on. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a good place to start, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, you're going to have to help me today. You have to work with me. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost. That's good. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was tempted for 40 days by the devil. We know that Mark says that there were wild beasts, demonic spirits. Maybe we could just turn this heater down a bit so I can warm up, cool down. That would be helpful. And he ate, sorry, and he's tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. Say with me, he ate nothing. There's a word of the Lord for a lot of people today. And afterward, I'm being serious. I'm not talking about your weight. I'm talking about your mouth. There's a direct correlation as to what goes in as to what goes out. If we have control, I'm going to show you in a, in a moment, if we have control over what comes in, God will give us authority over what goes out. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah, right. That's good, Andrew. You said you were hungry. So I'm going to show you how to fuel the hunger. And after he was hungry and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command, speak to the stones to become bread. But Jesus spoke to the devil and said, it is written, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God. Verse 14, then Jesus returned from this occasion in the power now of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He took authority over what came in and then what came out of his mouth. And then he returns, not just filled, but now he has the power of the Holy Spirit at work in his life. And now news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. I still believe the greatest promotion for the gospel is not on Facebook, not in the media. It's nowhere else but the news that somebody is full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Just, maybe just a tiny bit. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he was brought up. As his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. And Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God 
is on me. He's on you today as well. Amen? Amen. For he has anointed me to preach, to speak the gospel to the poor. I want you to know today that the greatest need in this hour is for men and women to be anointed by God to proclaim and to speak. So when they declare the word of God, it comes with power and authority. Where demons tremble at the sound of our voice. And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim, to speak liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. You need to know that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, but when he returns in the power of the Spirit, something has changed with his voice. That he comes back and as he speaks, demons tremble. Things begin to shift. Because he's had an encounter and being filled and overflowing. Something has changed in his heart in this occasion. And it's not just for him. He's a representative for all mankind of what took place at the wilderness. He was regaining the lost voice that Adam and Eve lost in the garden. The authority to speak that they gave to the enemy, Jesus regained in the wilderness as a man and then at the cross on behalf of all mankind. Jesus was regaining in the wilderness our authority to speak. Amen? You have a voice. You are anointed today to speak. Words are the most powerful, powerful vehicle in all the universe. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. It is the most important thing in all of the universe is that which proceeds from our mouth. Did you hear that? The most important thing about you is, uh, is the words that are released from your mouth. John 14.10, Jesus said, Do not... Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak on my own initiative, but it's the Father abiding me who does his works. You need to see here in verse 10, John 14, that the works of Jesus were because of the words of Jesus. Jesus said, the words I say to you, I don't say of my own initiative. It's the Father doing his works through me. And I believe with all my heart that God wants to do mighty miracle works through the words that proceed from your mouth. That's pretty cool, hey? Jesus said in verse 12 of John 14, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, you're going to do also and greater works. Why? Because you're going to speak the word of the Lord. John 16, 13 says of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will hear from the Father and he will speak and disclose to us things to come. So Holy Spirit today is taking from the mind of the Father, everything on Father's mind, all the works of the Father, and he's relaying that to us, Spirit to Spirit, so we would speak and the Father could do his works. The Father will not work unless you speak. And he works through your words. Amen? Amen. John 15, 7. I'm just going to read you a few scriptures. Then I'm going to hit you with the main point. John 15, 7. It says, if you abide in me 
And if my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done. Mark eleven twenty three says, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes the things that he says will come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Your words are powerful. You're anointed by God to speak. And I am convinced in my heart that the devil has hoodwinked the church into being silent when we should have been speaking. You're called to speak. God's searching for prophets, those who would declare the word of the Lord. We've become church mice instead of mighty men and women. Speaking. Luke 17, 5 says, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say and it would obey. Your words are powerful, Steve. Your words are powerful, Will. Your words are powerful, Bill. You would say and it would obey. Your words that come from your mouth are powerful. No wonder the apostles said that we need to be careful not to speak any vain or foolish word, any jesting word. Be careful of the communication that comes out of our mouth because every time you dial down your understanding of your words being powerful, you dilute the authority that your words carry. Your words are powerful. God was never flippant with the words that he spoke. Because he knew that every word that he spoke would frame the world. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We have the same spirit of faith. According to what is written, I believe and therefore I speak. I believe and therefore I speak. We carry the same spirit of faith as Abraham, as Isaac and Jacob, as Daniel and John and, and Paul and James. We carry that same deposit of faith. We have a like precious faith as the mighty men and women of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We carry that same spirit of faith and each one of them believed and they spoke and it was done. And you and I are developing a conviction in our heart that we are anointed to speak. I'm not some little church mouse, but when I speak, the angels heed the word of the Lord and they begin to work on my behalf. Mighty are the men and women of God. Your words are powerful, Brent. Powerful to shift atmospheres. Powerful when the enemy comes against you. 1 Samuel 3.19, I said that before, but it says that Samuel grew. And you're growing and the Lord was with him and he's with you. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. Imagine that. Imagine this whole thing that if you and I began to get a revelation that as we speak, none of the words that we speak fall to the ground. But they go into the realm of faith, the spiritual atmosphere, where his word is the highest law in all the spirit universe. And none of the words that we speak ever fall to the ground, but they are sown in faith and they begin to grow first the grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain of the head. It is at work and we sleep and we get up and we don't know how it grows, but we know that as we speak, God has moved on our behalf. Never doubt that your words are powerful. That's how we evangelize. We declare the word of the Lord over people. We speak into their life. We hear the Father speak and we relay his voice to people. Acts 6, 8, it says, Stephen was full of grace and power, performed great signs and wonders among the people. When the people argued with Stephen, they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit in which he was speaking. 
That's what you and I need today, friends, because we're up against an enemy who's divisive, deceptive, who will try and get the church in all sorts of knots, but God's given us wisdom and authority that as we speak, it'll be like these men that came against Stephen. They gnashed their teeth and they were cut to the heart because his words were so pregnant with wisdom and authority. Thank you, Jesus. According to Genesis 2, verse 7, God formed man from the dust. And the Bible says, He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The Hebrew, the Jewish sages believe the Hebrew uh, understanding of this verse is literally this that when God breathed into man, he became a speaking spirit just like God himself. That's the interpretation of that verse. When God breathed into you and I, you and I became a speaking spirit like God himself. Your words are powerful to shift atmosphere, to see people delivered, to cut the blindness off the eyes of the unbeliever so they can truly see Jesus for who he is. You see, the fall of man, as I alluded to before, was directly tied to the mouth of mankind. You may or may not know this, but it was all a battle over man's mouth. Did you know that? The devil was looking for a way to gain authority in the earth. And as a thief, he found a way, a backdoor way, and he sowed unbelief into the hearts of Adam and Eve and then corrupted their mouths. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, literally in the Hebrew, is the tree of blessing and calamity. Blessing and calamity. And Adam gained knowledge when he partook of that fruit and put it in his mouth. He gained the knowledge of how to both bless and to curse through his mouth. Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is like a tree. Proverbs 13.2 says, a man will eat by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. Adam gave his authority to Satan and lost his ability to subdue the earth through the power of his words. That whole battle in the garden was to contaminate the authority that Adam and Eve had to speak and bring dominion over the earth. And the devil knew that if he could corrupt his mouth, take the power out of his mouth, Satan was, sorry, Adam was finished. So what did he do? He put a fruit into his mouth. He corrupted what came in, so Adam had no authority over that which went out. Are you getting this? James 3.8 says, No man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. For with it we bless God and we curse men. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The the tongue was contaminated. We see in Genesis 11, I don't have time to go into this today, but you can see how contaminated the tongue came to be, that all the earth had one language. It was contaminated and they built a tower up to heaven. They wanted to live a life that pushed God out of the equation. Instead of a tongue that brought authority, that invited God in 
to rule and reign on the earth. Now they've got a language and a tongue that pushes God out of the equation. Many, many, many years later, enter John the Baptist. Yea, John, what a mighty man. After 400 years of silence, of nobody speaking, nobody taking authority. And it's a little bit like this today, I sense in my heart. We've come through a period of silence where, there, by and large, there's been patches of good things here and there. But God is wanting to speak again with great power and authority through his church in Australia. He's looking to raise up not just the mega stars, but men and women, young people, old people, all through the body of Christ that know that their voice carries authority to cut through in the realm of the Spirit and set the captives free. 400 years of silence. And there comes a voice of one crying out. One man. A voice, not an echo, but a voice. He's heard from God and he speaks in the wilderness and people begin to come to him. Why? Because there's a man speaking with authority. So something so attractive when some man or woman has heard from God and is speaking and things are beginning to shift. I remember as a young man going to Youth Alive conferences and uh, camps where men like mighty men like uh, Tim Hall who knew how to encounter God, who'd waited on the Lord, who fasted and prayed and they'd come with a word from God and they'd stand up to speak and the whole atmosphere would change. It was like thunder went through the building. And people would set free. I'd stand and look as people beside me would begin to fall down, crash down during the service, sliding across the floor like snakes, being delivered because a man of God had spoken into the atmosphere. And things were shifting. Lives were transformed. Are you getting this? He comes crying in the wilderness, living on a diet of locusts and wild honey. And no strong drink. Isn't it interesting that as God prepares to bring back the voice, the language, the authority to speak, he raises up a man that has control over that which comes in his mouth. So now he's a voice to his community. Jesus then confronts after John the devil in the wilderness. In a battle restoring man's authority. It's interesting that Jesus too spends 40 days in the wilderness eating nothing. And it comes out of that experience, the living word of God, and he opens a scroll and he preaches and he says, the spirit of God is upon me. For he has anointed me to speak. There are two positions, and I've shared this a while ago, but I'm going to say it again today. There are two positions that we stand in to gain mastery over the devil. Jesus displays these two in the wilderness. Romans 8 verse 10 says this. And if Christ is in you, is Christ in you today? It's not a trick question. If Christ is in you today, if you are born again, if Jesus is Lord of your life, 
The writer Paul says, your body is dead because of sin. But your spirit is alive because of righteousness. If Christ lives in you, God has declared that your body, your flesh is dead and buried and your reborn spirit is alive to God. Get this and you'll have powerful words. Here we go. The positional truth of my spirit is I am righteous in Christ. That's what Paul says. So when I pray, when I, what comes out of my mouth, when I declare the word, when I pray in the spirit, I am reinforcing this positional truth in the spirit realm that I am righteous, that I'm a son of God. That which comes out of my mouth is affirmation of this truth of being in Christ Jesus, that I am a son of God, that I am clean, made holy, and that my words are powerful. It's a positional truth. Jesus declared the word against the devil. Jesus spoke. But the second positional truth is that which is of my body. My body is now, my flesh is now dead. It's lost its power to lead me and to dominate me. When I pray in the Spirit, I'm enforcing the positional truth of who I am in God. I'm righteous and holy. Now, when I fast, I'm enforcing this truth that my body was crucified with Christ and my flesh has no power to rule over my spirit. I'm now controlling that which comes into my mouth. By speaking, I'm controlling that which comes out of my mouth. Jesus did that to gain authority over the devil. And by fasting, I'm controlling that which comes into my mouth. I'm saying to my flesh, you have no authority, no hold over my life. You are dead and buried. I have mastery over you. Unbelief comes in through the flesh. And the flesh can only be put to death through fasting. Galatians 5.17 says the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. They are at odds with each other. And you'll never gain mastery over this unbelief, over this contamination until you take authority over that which comes into your mouth. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Andrew, if you want authority over that which goes out of your mouth, you need to take control over that which comes into your mouth. And until you can master that which comes into your mouth, you'll never master that which goes out of your mouth. Come on, a big hallelujah there. You're going, I don't like this. Well, Jesus said three things for every believer. You ready? He said, when, not if. You ready? When? When. Say when. When When you give. When you pray and when you fast. He didn't say if you give, if you pray and if you fast. He was showing us that there are keys to the kingdom that unlock authority in our world. And two of those are directly related to our mouth. Have you ever thought about the power that that little hole has in your body? remarkable and isn't it ironic it's the one gate 
that the devil came after at the fall. It's the one gate that's the battle realm in the wilderness. And it's the one gate that you'll fight over the most in your walk with the Lord. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer is the hand that reaches right up, right up into the invisible realm. Fasting is the hand that releases us from the visible realm. And this is what was taking place in the wilderness, that there was a mighty transaction taking place. As Jesus not only defeated the devil, but gave us an avenue. It's like, it's like a, a big siren over this passage of Luke 4, saying to all the body of Christ, this is the way to take authority. And you say, well, I've got authority over the devil. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit at his baptism. But he didn't stop there. So that's where most Christians stop. Well, I've got authority. You've only got authority when you've come out the other side of the battle. He took on the devil and he conquered the devil with his mouth. So you might have authority legally, but here's the issue. Have you exercised and used your authority to find out how it works? It's like a rookie cop who comes out of, out of his school and he's got a badge and he's got the authority, but it's, it's in the heat of the battle where he has to exercise the authority that he discovers who, or, who he or she is. Jesus comes out of this occasion saying, now, now I'm anointed to speak. Now I'm anointed to speak. He goes through the wilderness. He takes on the enemy. He destroys his authority. And he opens up the scroll and says, now I'm ready to speak. Now, now I've actually taken the devil on and I have something profound to say. It's only when we conquer the devil with our mouths that we have something worthwhile to say. Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But who the hell are you? That's in the Andrew translation. But that's essentially what, what the demons said. Demons recognize those that have authority. It's interesting, before the new birth, not one single person could handle the devil. Oh, you say, but the disciples cast out demons, but it wasn't their authority. It was a delegated authority from Jesus. But there was no one apart from Jesus that could handle the devil. But after Jesus conquered the devil in the wilderness and the cross, he ascended to the Father John says that he ejected the devil from the throne of God. John, I think, is it John chapter 12, 31? Now the prince of this world is ejected. Well, we know he's still here, but he was ejected from heaven. Revelation 12, verse 7 to 10 says that there was a war between the dragon and all the angels of heaven, and the dragon was booted out, and he no longer has authority to accuse you before God. He can't take the words that were contaminated by Adam and use those words against you before God. He has no right to accuse you because the blood of Jesus speaks louder yes. 
than any accusation. So the issue is not now who has authority in heaven. The issue is who has authority on earth. Jesus said, all power and all authority is given to me in heaven. I ejected the devil and on earth. And that's where God's people begin to take their place as speaking spirits taking authority over the devil. Hebrews says that Jesus is in heaven waiting for all his enemies to be made his footstool. And as you and I speak the word of God, we are enforcing the victory of the cross. Amen? That means Jesus thinks that you and I now can handle Satan. Because no one could before Jesus came. He thinks that he's given us enough power and authority that if we understand how it works and functions, we can destroy every work of the enemy, every foul spirit that comes against your family, every deceiving spirit that comes in. Every time your kids go haywire, you can say, not on my shift, devil. I take authority over you in Jesus' name. Because you've got power in your words. Because you've learned to take authority over what goes in and what goes out. And you know that you can take the devil on. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus. That we may do the good works. Good works always come through good words. That we may do the good works God predestined. See, God had a plan that Adam and Eve, through the words of their mouth, through the authority that came through their mouth, through the control they had over what came in their mouth, of this fruit you shall not eat. You're going to have to take authority over what comes in, and I'm going to give you authority over what goes out. And you will go into all the earth, and you will rule and subdue through the words that you speak. Your words are powerful. And I'm saying to you today that God is calling his people to engage the enemy like Jesus did in the wilderness. You don't have to defeat him again, but you're going to have to learn how to exercise the authority that Jesus won on the cross for you. Jesus is waiting for you to make the enemy your footstool. So you're going to have to learn how to exercise, how to develop, how to understand. You have all power and all authority, but now you learn to exercise that power and authority. And if you have no control over that which comes in, If your mouth is contaminated by loose, foolish words, you'll never take authority over the works of the enemy. But you understand once you gain authority over that which comes in, once you abide in him and his words abide in you, you know that when you speak, things change. I've come away from too many disappointments where the church has prayed for breakthroughs, prayed for people to be healed, prayed for people to be set free. And nothing's happened. And we walk away and we have to come to some sort of conclusion. I don't know about you, but I always walk away from events, funerals or whatever it might be, saying, God, what was that all about? Questioning. Not in an unhealthy way like, are you real? It's, Lord, where are we missing it? Jesus Christ You said you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change. You're you're the God of miracles, signs, and wonders in the old and the new. You've done it through Wigglesworth and and Kenyon and all these great men and women of faith. I was trying to think of a female that I could say. 
Amy McPherson, Catherine Coleman, just, just to be fair and equitable. I could have said something to get me in trouble. What was I saying, Isaac? Come on, help me. He's done it before, but he's not doing it now. And so I look around and say, God, what's the missing piece? Why don't our words carry authority? I know you love us. I know we see little, you know, little breakouts here and there, and it's all nice, and we, we applaud that, and we're thankful. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. But there's got to be more, Lord. My, my books that I read, the Bible, it's full of miracles. William Branham's story, full of miracles. Either it's all a hoax or we're missing a piece to the puzzle. Where are we lacking authority, Lord? And he says, you take authority over what comes in and I'll give you authority over what comes out. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Jesus said, my bread is to do the will of the Father. Man should not live by bread alone, but my feast. Jesus said, I have food that you know not of. My food is to do the will of the Father, is to abide in Him and to hear His voice. I'm sustained by a higher measure, which is being sustained by the Word of the, God, of the Lord. I'm a living epistle, and it sustains me. And all of a sudden, we become full of the Word of the Lord, and God speaks, and life flows. We're not hoping, we're knowing. Anointed to speak. Jesus said in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to speak. How did he get anointed to speak? It wasn't random. It's not like, oh, I guess after 400 years I better say something. They might thought, think I've fallen off my perch. I'll let them know that I'm still here. Hello, it's God here. No. There was a man called John. There was a, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There were vessels that God could speak through because they had control over what went in and what went out. So my prayer for you and I today is that we discover the same authority as a speaking spirit so God would anoint us so we have something powerful to say to our nation, our community, to everywhere we go. There's so many voices. There's so many noises. So many people saying things. But it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that rests on our words that shifts and changes atmosphere. And Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Say this with me. The Spirit of the Lord God, the Lord God is upon me. For He has anointed me to speak. Now I want you to say it with deep, deep conviction. Not that you didn't have it before, but I'm just reinforcing it. The Spirit of the Lord God, the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to speak. So right now, Holy Ghost, we invite you to take control over this powerful weapon that you've given us called our mouth. 
We recognize from the word of the Lord that we are speaking spirits, made in your image, called to co-rule and co-create with you. You said, Lord, that we would lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We shall speak to demons and they shall be cast out. You said, Lord, that you would anoint us with the Holy Ghost and fire, that as we speak, atmospheres would shift, lives would be transformed, people would be saved, nations will be rocked and shifted because a man or a woman has discovered the power of being anointed to speak. And my prayer today, Lord, from your heart, is that you would raise up even in this house today, men and women of the Holy Ghost, that as they stand and speak in the streets, in, in buildings, wherever they might be, that, Lord, you would come and confirm the words they speak with signs, wonders, and miracles. And truly the nation would say, surely God is in our midst. Surely there is a God that heals, delivers, and saves. That no tongue, no person would ever be able to deny the fact that God is alive and well. So Father, we ask today that you would take control over our mouths. Put a guard over our mouth. You said out of our mouth, it comes life. You said, Lord, it's a well of life. That as we speak, we release blessing upon the city and the nation. Lord, we just repent where we have, we have not seen the power of our words to create, where we've even spoken and prophesied over our own lives, over others, over our city, over our nation, words of calamity and not blessing. We surrender. We don't want to be like a spring that has bitter and sweet water. Lord, we want to be men and women that release the kingdom of God through our words. So we speak life. I'm asking, Father, that you would give us control over that which proceeds from our mouth and that which comes into our mouth. Teach us, Lord, how to control the appetites. You said that the body is dead because of sin that we will not allow our body, our natural senses to determine the circumstances, what we see, feel and taste and touch will not be that which controls us, but we'll be lifted up to a higher realm where we begin to speak from your perspective and not a fallen perspective. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling with control over that which comes in. Lord, give them supernatural strength. I'm praying right now that you would quicken your people, Lord God. And Lord, the hunger they have for you, the hunger they have to press in, the hunger they have to be an ambassador, Lord, on your behalf, to make a difference in this world would supersede any natural hunger. You said, Jesus, I have food that you don't know anything about. My food, my sustenance is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work for my life. So I'm asking, Father, such passion would rise in their hearts. That there would be men and women raised up in this house and those that hear my voice on live stream and YouTube right around the world, that you would raise up men and women that would shake, Lord, their city because they found what it means to have power with you and power released from their mouth. I ask in Jesus' name. 
We surrender our mouth to you. It is yours, Lord. We are speaking spirits. Here we are, Lord. Speak through us. And we declare with Jesus, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to speak. My words are powerful. And I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you, Lord God. I break every lie of the evil one in Jesus' name. And Lord, where there's been reoccurring negativity flowing in households, in lives, Father, break that, root it out, and let life flow through them today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let your people be encouraged. I come against a lie of the enemy that says you'll never change. It's all too hard. Remember what I've said before, whatever the devil says, turn it around 180 degrees and that's the truth. For he is a liar and there's no truth in him. And if he's telling you today it's too hard, it's because it's easy. Jesus said, take upon me my yoke because it's easy and my burden is light. And when it's empowered and motivated by the Holy Ghost, you will find an ease. It won't be difficult. But first, before we enter into that place, we ask God first, before we begin to take control over our mouth, God, increase my hunger. Increase my hunger so I don't need food. Increase my hunger so I have control. Increase my hunger for you. So that, that, that overwhelms any natural desire. So Lord, I'm praying today for every single person that you would increase their spiritual hunger. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 